Hi, I'm Raphael Sparge, and I play Archie Hopper and Jiminy Cricket on Once Upon a Time, and you're listening to Once Podcast. You're listening to Once, Episode 77, Special Interview with Raphael Sabarge. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast about ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Jenny. And we have something so exciting to share with you today. We have a recorded interview with, I, I wanted to call him Dr. Raphael Savarge. <laughs> <laughs> Raphael Savarge, who plays Dr. Archie Hopper. and Archibald. Also yeah, Archibald, yeah, the full name. And also Jiminy Cricket from Once Upon a Time. He, We received so many questions. Thank you so much for sending in your questions. But we received over 60 questions. We were only able to fit in maybe about 15 or fewer than 15 questions into our interview. But you'll hear that he did answer a lot of the questions that you might have sent in. Even though we didn't get to ask that question specifically, he still answered a lot. He, he shared so much. This has been a great interview. We think you're really going to enjoy this. But before we get into that, I just want to thank David Newland and Nasser from Qatar for sponsoring this episode of One's Podcast. We really appreciate the support because it helps keep the podcast going, the server going, and the website going with the really popular forums over there at onespodcast.com slash forums. So thank you so much, David and Nasser. And if anyone else would like to sponsor an episode, please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. Now, the links and information that Raphael mentions in this interview will be in our show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 77. And if you enjoy this, we ask that please retweet it, share it, like it on Facebook, stumble it, Google Plus it, um, email it to people put it on discs and hand it out at the malls or whatever. (laughs) But uh, we really enjoyed this and we think you will too. Raphael, thank you so much for joining us on One's Podcast. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you. We are really excited. We've received over 60 questions for you. Our fans are so excited to <laughs> ask you questions. <laughs> <laughs> and we've cut this down. So I want to give you opportunity to uh, uh, time to answer each of these questions. And first question we want to ask, this is from us, is tell us what is it like filming Once Upon a Time and working with the other cast members? Gee whiz. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I guess that goes to kind of, um, I mean, overall, it's just, it's, it's a dream. I mean, it's a dream job, honestly. I mean, um, uh, the, the cast is to a person, uh, really cares about the work, um, comes in and, and, and really shows up and, and engages in the scenes. The writing is wonderful. I think there's a great pride in kind of the, 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 
how well the show has been um, produced and, and kind of what um, all the different, um, how all the different departments sort of combine to kind of make this magical show. You know, I mean, I, I, I've said elsewhere, and I, I mean, I'll say it again, is that I, I, I really do feel like this idea of a show of, hey, we'll take these old fairy tales and, you know, Disney characters and we'll dust them off and give them new lives and they'll have this one world and this other world and they'll go between and there'll be this curse and, you know, and, and, and you could just feel, you know, your molars, you know, itching. <laughs> you know, I mean, it could potentially have been so sweet and, and almost to the point of being saccharine. And, and what they have done is um, uh, write these very uh, smart, clever, um, sort of uh, complicated little stories that keep us engaged. And, and then, uh, again, because of obviously all of the uh, amazing people that they have assembled from their, their lost days, they have um, got this incredible production team. So the costumes, which are all made. I mean, everyone, all the Queen's outfits and all the stuff in Storybrooke is all made in a costume shop. Um, they're amazing. Um, and and the, the, the director of photography and, and, and then the visual effects. And, um, and, and, you know, everyone comes together and, and really sort of um, uh, brings their A game, I want to say. And, and it's exciting to be a part of. Um, so that's a long answer. I'm not sure. <laughs> so you play Jiminy Cricket, The Conscience, and Dr. Archie Hopper. Um, when the writers and producers approached you with this idea, and this question came from Katie, what made you want to take the role of Jiminy Cricket and Archie Hopper? You know, um, I, I love the script. The script was uh, great. And, and, I, and I read it and said, wow, oh, this is great. I'm sure it'll never work out. But it's <laughs> I mean, it seemed too ambitious, right? It seemed uh, um, like almost as if they were asking for the moon um, on the page because it was uh, had covered so much ground and so many characters. And, um, you know, so on the page, I loved it. Um, I'll get back to what I thought about it when I finally saw, saw it, but th- that, that'll come later. Um, but uh, what, what I loved was, um, I mean, in the pilot, they sort of established the character in, in one scene and they made this relationship with the Henry character, um, kind of the primal, uh, his primal mission. I love the idea that they had taken sort of someone who represented conscience and had made him a therapist. I thought that that was quite insightful. Um, and um, and sort of uh, pregnant with possibility. Um, I love that. Um, and I also loved um, that um, in this case, um, you know, as it evolved, that they kind of gave him a lot of depth and background. But I'm, I'm sure there are questions about that that will follow. I, you know, these gentlemen are very good at what they do. And um, the idea of Jiminy Cricket um, – uh, is daunting, just as I'm sure Snow White and, um, you know, Prince Charming and, and these other iconic characters um, are also to take on. But um, th- there there is a lot of uh, people that have a very particular kind of emotional response to the, the Jiminy Cricket character. And um, so I felt a little daunted by it, but I, I, I felt uh, supported by the writing, and that made me feel um, uh, sort of, uh, uh, you know, ready to go to battle. Yeah, I remember Jane Espenson said on the DVD extras for season one that she said she was writing lines for you, Jiminy Cricket, and Snow White. And she said, who writes lines for Jiminy Cricket? <laughs> I know, it's sort of a weird, it's like a weird thing, you know. Um, 
I mean, it's weird when I walk in, I walk into the airport or I don't know where I'm walking around and people go, it's Jiminy Cricket, you know, (laughs) I I would suffice to say that probably in, you know, one day, uh, you know, in my obituary, Raphael Sparge, the actor known who portrayed Jiminy Cricket, I think it's one of those roles that will kind of follow me. Um, uh, And and I'm, you know, I'm I'm happy about that. Uh, I, I, I love the show. I love the part. Awesome. Bryant asks, what made you decide to become an actor and who was your inspiration? She was. Um, well, um, I started uh, acting when I was four. So uh, it was at that point not really a choice. So I'm just going to have some water, excuse me. Um, it wasn't really a choice. It was just, they were looking for kids on Sesame street and I was sort of, it was the first year of Sesame street and I was just sort of at the right place at the right time. And I did a bunch of them and they offered me a contract. And, uh, my mother, who was a costume designer uh, at the time decided that she didn't want it to be her decision. She didn't want to be a stage mother, um, cause she had a successful career of her own. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she thought if I was going to do this, that it had to be my choice, um, something that I, you know, that I needed to kind of really um, decide to do. So um, I did more plays, and then at, a, at the ripe age of about twelve, mm-hmm. uh, wow. I an actor, hmm. uh, and um, you know, sort of went uh, went about it on my own. I mean, I, you know, my mother being a costume designer, my dad was a playwright at Yale, <clears throat> and I grew up backstage a lot, you know, with the actors and in the costume shop and aging costumes and sewing buttons and, um, you know, playing the actors are so fun, um, you know, backstage. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like a family to me. Um, and I, it seemed kind of like a natural place to kind of go to. Um, and, and, uh, when my mother was uh, teaching at Yale, um, I did plays up there. And at the time, some, I mean, so unbelievable people were there, Meryl Streep, Sigourney Weaver, Wendy Wastreen, Chris Durang, two great playwrights, um, lots of other actors, uh, actors that you've seen a million times were there. And, and I, you know, was sort of watching it and taking it in. Um, uh, it, it clearly, obviously, you know, it's sort of, I guess, like running away with a circus, being a part of the theater. <laughs> I still love the theater. It's where my, where my heart is. Um, uh, it, it, it's not always where my, my wallet is just because it, it doesn't pay very well. It's hard to make a living in the theater. <laughs> it's, it's my passion. Um, and, um, you know, I just started studying, um, at, uh, at 12 and 13 and 14 and, and, and moved to New York and, and, um, I moved back to New York, I should say, and, and just took it on. Uh, I did it myself, um, used my school bus pass to get to audition and, um, uh, there are no child labor laws in New York. So I just bring the contracts home to be signed with my mother and I would, <laughs> I did this thing, a very ambitious little precocious kid, um, but I, but I decided I wanted to do this, and I was just going to do it. In, um, in some way, that makes it sound like you have some relationship to Pinocchio. In what sense? In, in the sense that you're, you said you were precocious, you described yourself as that, and yeah. you're going out here exploring, getting adventure, mm-hmm. and almost skipping school. Not quite skipping <laughs> school, but... <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I, in, in the skipping school thing, to sort of follow that up, I mean, I, um, I did my first play on Broadway at 16, and then um, uh, finished my 11th, 11th grade. And then the majority of, tw- of, of 12th grade is uh, like 17, 18. I did uh, on independent study because I was working all the time at that point. It was a school that I was working with that allowed me to kind of really uh, keep working, but, you know, stay in school, but, but really do a lot of it from um, not having to be in class every day, 
which was incredible. And uh, then did risky business right as I graduated, um, and then went on from there. Um, I uh, so I did skip some school, as a matter of fact. Um, <laughs> I sort of knew what I wanted to do. It was uh, it was sort of you know here you know let's go. Awesome. One of our listeners who goes by the name Oneser would like to know what was your favorite episode and scene so far. Well, look, um, we all in the first season um, had our episode. You know, it's like we all had our, our turn at the ball. And um, uh, the episode five and, and obviously in the first season was kind of the Jiminy Cricket story. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I've loved so many episodes. And, and uh, they, they are constantly able to kind of um, uh, amaze me at, at, at kind of yeah, – I mean, it's funny to be on a show and actually be the fan of the show. <laughs> Wow, that's incredible! And I know everyone, right? I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, and everyone, I know everyone behind the camera, in front of the camera. I mean, like, you know, we're friends, we hang out, you know. But I, I, I write them. I'm like, God, that was amazing. That was incredible. You know, and there's a. It's fun to be on a show that you like as much. So I have to say, there's a lot of shows that that I've watched that I've adored, um, uh, and um, specifically in terms of you know, if you're asking me, selfishly what's my favorite episode It would have obviously been the one where I got to kind of, um, where they gave, you know, Jiminy his backstory. Mm. Uh. I, I, I do. Um, and a lot of people have spoken about, or a lot of people have spoken to me about it. It, it was meaningful to me uh, on, on many personal levels, but, um, my sort of standing off with the queen in episode five, where I say, you know, you know, uh, I will always do my best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. That was so awesome to see that. And, up until that point, we'd never caught that there weren't crickets in Storybrooke until then. And then we went back yeah. and rewatched and realized, hey, there aren't crickets. No, that's so clever, those guys. It <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, yeah, there, there's, uh, I mean, the writing is, is really um, encourages actors to kind of really be actors. You know, it, mm. it gives us a big canvas and really, you know, both with the period stuff, that is the Storybrooke stuff, um, and then... Um, sort of the emotional complexity that they've been able to sort of really um, create for us. And, and as a result of that, there's so much that we get to um, really kind of uh, get our, get to bite on, you know, and, and, and really get into. It, it's exciting. And obviously, you know, um, with the success of the show, I mean, this was, let, let me just, can I, can I anticipate a question that you're going to ask and answer? Sure. Go ahead. <laughs> You can see I'm very, I, I don't know much to say, do I? Um, <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I had said earlier that I had, when I read the script, I thought, ah, it's good, but it'll never work, right? Now, that's, that's based upon um, not a cynicism per se, but sort of a having done this a long time and done a lot of pilots and, and, and seen it great on the page. And it's just so hard to corral all the elements to actually make it work, right? Um, especially something with so ambitious like this was. Well, we uh, we shot it. We all felt good about it. We all went home, and then we got the call. Hey, we're going to do a screening of this. Um, and so they invited the cast over to um, to uh, to William Morris, and we all sat in a screening room, um, private screening room, and watched the show and uh, watched the pilot and um, with Eddie and Adam. And we were all kind of just sort of slack jawed by the end of it, like, oh my god. Not only was it as good as I'd hoped it would be, but it had so far surpassed hmm. uh, what even my wildest imaginings could or would be. And, the, and they seem to have sort of in, in you know, pilots are tricky things because you have to do so many things at once, right? You've got to mm-hmm. set up 
all these characters. You got to set up the main theme. You got to really create the world of the show. In this case, they had two worlds. Mm-hmm. You have to basically um, kind of really get people engaged. You know, they have to be sort of leaning forward, and then you have to um, then uh, leave them wanting more. Right? Very tricky little thing to do mm-hmm. in forty minutes, if you think about it, because that's really all it is with the commercials. Right? They killed it. <laughs> Flushed it like a bug. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's incredible. And and we were just amazed. And 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 we sat there, you know, as the lights came up, sort of talking about, like, did you see that moment? God, and then about this, and oh my God, Jennifer, and wow, Josh, that was so great. And you know, oh, you know, all of these, you know, all of these sort of uh, moments that sort of added up to kind of the. There is magic involved in actually it all coming together. I mean, I, 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 I want to say is that you can't buy it. You can't force it. You can't squeeze it. Um, you can't throw celebrities uh, at it because you know, that's all been done, all of that. And, and it still doesn't work sometimes. So the way it comes together is a very precious little kind of a uh, – it's like a little glass puzzle that has to snap together. Hmm. Uh, hmm. And, and, and in a way, uh, the fact that it has and that it did is is just remarkable. And I'm I'm so um, uh, uh, you know again I'm just amazed at what Eddie and Adam have been able to do. Um, and um, you know of course here we are now you know in the second year and I I, I don't see um, I, I don't see any end in stop. I mean I uh, you know the the fans more and more and more and more people are discovering the show. And and if, if you know if I'm just going by my sort of tweet. My Twitter feed, um, incredible from all over the world, you know, the Netherlands and South America and Russia and France and England. And I mean, it's just people, it, it seems to be, um, uh, in terms of, um, you know, American product sort of travels, as it were, not all American product, um, you know, plays well around the world. This one does. Yeah. It's a great show. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, it's just, it's uh, it feels like lightning in a bottle because it, mm-hmm. it's like a, like you could you could just as well I think kind of probably buy a lottery ticket and win hmm. uh, more so than you could actually sort of put together a show that would be a big show and then have it be a big success yeah. uh, as the way they have. Yeah, we really love it. Now, looking at since we've got a season and a half now. A lot of characters have been introduced, and one of our other listeners, uh, Dina, wants to know if you could choose any other Once Upon a Time character to play, who would it be and why? I've said this before, and everyone always giggles, but honestly, it would be the Evil Queen. (laughs) (laughs) Is it the costumes? Is that what you like about it? (laughs) Costumes, they rock! (laughs) Walk up and look at them closely, and you see all the beadwork and all the stuff they've done. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, in addition to that, um, uh, I, um, you know, just in terms of the emotional range and the fact that she's so evil and that we care about what her journey is. And I mean, you know, she's done such a great job. We all know that. She's just spectacular. Um, but uh, but we also, um, I just love the journey that they've created for her. So, um, I mean, look, they're all fabulous. Rumble Stilskin's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who, you know, my son wants to play, you know, <laughs> you know, he, he was so excited when he met Josh and, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I, 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 I've met now lots of people who come dressed as Jennifer or Jenny, 
um, you know, in terms of Snow White or, you know, um, uh, I, I mean, I, there, there's, there's something for everyone. But I guess from an actor's point of view, I think she's got the, I, I think she's got a cool part. I see, by the way, all the people who've mentioned um, from other places around the world that, that the show is playing so well. And I don't mean in any way to leave any places out like Australia or Transylvania or because <laughs> 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 I'm watching the feed now. Um, but <laughs> The point more being, if you, you know, I, I love hearing from you. If you want to find me on Twitter, um, my Twitter name is Raphael Sparge. Um, it's uh, pretty uh, simple. Um, but, but, I, but I've been um, thrilled and delighted that um, uh, we seem to have audiences all over the world. Mm. This was an interesting question that we got sent in. Um, what, was your in what was your initial reaction when you first read on the script that R2 was going to die? Oh, okay. <laughs> so... First of all, let me say, um, it's been really weird since the new year. Everywhere I go, people essentially, people that I know and some people that I don't know, um, uh, you know, as opposed to saying, hey, happy new year or how was your holidays? They, the first thing they say is, I'm so glad you're not dead. <laughs> <laughs> we are too. <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny thing to hear on a regular basis, you know? It's really, I mean, it, you know, if you're having any, you know... I, <laughs> wrote this, but I mean, if you're having a post-holiday malaise, you know, <laughs> being reminded that you're alive is actually maybe not a bad thing. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, what happened was this. I, I, uh, I was driving uh, my kids home from school, and, I, and the phone rang, and um, it was one of those, uh, you know, the assistant called and said, uh, hi, I've got Eddie and Adam on the line for you. Hmm? You know, they don't call all the time, so I knew it was an important phone call, and I sort of went, Oh, okay. Where's this going to go? I didn't know, right? So uh, they came. I said, "Hey, hey, how's it going? Good, good, good." And they said, "Okay, well, we've got bad news and we've got good news." And I, said, okay, we just wanted to tell you so you you know know what's going on. I said, "Okay, okay." What they said? Well, Archie dies in the next. <laughs> I said, oh, oh, "Okay." They said, "But he's not dead." Actually, what happens is a core gets his body. <laughs> Actually, then, you know, Belle comes and saves you and, you know, and, and you know, and, and I said, oh, 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 okay, okay. <laughs> I said, but he's not dead. We just didn't want you to freak out. I said, I, I said, I really appreciate the phone call. Wow. <laughs> so they didn't give you much notice? Well, no, they, I mean, but they told, they, they told me and then, and then, but they didn't apparently tell a lot of people on the crew and in the cast and I got calls or afterwards. <laughs> Said I had some people said like I got to that page and I dropped the script I couldn't read anymore. <laughs> Sweet. I mean, you know what? What's 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 lovely is that they, you know, look Archie um, as they've conceived him, um, and, and there are lots of characters uh, in the show, especially this year. We've known that there are a lot of characters that have come on and joined the group. Archie obviously has um, been called the conscience of the show. He obviously really cares about Henry. He really cares about this relationship between, you know, the two mothers and is trying to navigate that um, for for Archie. And um, and and he's one of the few characters who kind of is there um, who's a good guy, you know, mm -hmm. not just have his past. Uh, he does. Uh, but he's a good guy. And so from that point of view, I have found when people see me, or when they meet me or when they run into me again in the, out in the world, um, they they really are compelled to tell me how much the character means to them. Um, that he holds a sort of a special part in our heart for them. And I'm, I'm, I'm very gratified by that. I mean, it's, 
it's great to play evil characters too. I've paid my share on any number of Criminal Minds or CSIs, and you know we're actors for hire, so um, you know we know that those things are out there. But I, I, uh, there, there's something, um, there is a something about this character um, that people seem to really respond to, and I'm, I'm really touched by that. All the well wishes and all the, I'm so glad you're not dead. Says, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're very glad you're not dead either. <laughs> Feel good. <so. laughs> What are some ways that playing Archie has affected you? Um, okay, uh, let's see. I mean, um, excuse me, I'm, I woke up with maybe one of these colds that's going around, so Uh-oh. I got a little bit of a runny nose. Um, I, um, uh, you know, l- let me answer that question this way. Um, what I was really thrilled and, and delighted about, um, uh, in terms of the writing was, um, they're, uh, taking this idea of a character, which is again, someone who represents conscience and doing the right thing. And, and, um, as opposed to kind of giving him kind of a goody two shoes, kind of a, you know, you do it because, um, you know, it's the right thing to do. In other words, um, making him kind of, um, uh, I don't know, just sort of um, uh, like the conscience police, as opposed to that. What they've done is they've actually created a character who had a very, very painful backstory. And and what we learned about him is that he uh, kind of went along doing the wrong thing for a while uh, to a point where he understood the consequences of his actions and in so doing then really committed his life to uh, doing the right thing. Um, uh, that, that's, uh, I mean, when I read it and, and I, and I, again, I've, I've said this before, um, you know, that they have written in many of these stories, many of the episodes that really give the backstories that they, they have sort of illuminated kind of heroes journeys. Um, you know, uh, the way a great myth or, you know, um, fairy tale can, it kind of really gives you the arc of, uh, someone's personal struggles and journeys, right? Um, I remember reading it and and just uh, weeping about it because I just I, I was so moved by it. There's <laughs> a long way of answering sort of a, a slightly complicated question, which is just to say that I um, uh, I love being held accountable for doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we all can. And um, what they've told me, which I've been very touched by, was that when they were casting the part, when they were meeting fellows for this role. They had a very difficult time um, because they couldn't quite find the right balance. Um, they said uh, that they, I mean, I went in, read for them, and then I walked out, and they literally chased me down, and I mean, and do it again with, a, with an adjustment. And, um, and then pretty much almost immediately it was offered, um, which was incredible. And um, what they said was that they had sort of seen some sort of combination of qualities that they felt really um, help kind of concretize this idea of conscience. Now, I don't see that in me. Obviously, it's hard to get a real idea of how you occur in the world, but but I am a man of conscience. I do work very hard to try and do the right thing. And I guess, you know, the wonderful thing about being uh, able to play a character like this is that, you know, you are uh, regularly reminded about, you know, how to make, you know, the best step forward, maybe not necessarily always the most impulsive step, but something that considers others and, and does consider the consequences. Mm-hmm. One of our podcast listeners, uh, Nick S. N., uh, caught some extras and little 
pictures that were leaked out there and asked, in Skin Deep and What Happened to Frederick from season one, Archie had a bunch of deleted scenes that seemed to involve Archie and Ruby and also Archie and David. Can you tell us anything about those scenes? Yeah, were they? Were they? I haven't gone back and rewatched the the, the DVD. Were they put back into the DVD? Um, or- no, actually, some of them were not. Got it. Okay. Well, um, uh, the ones that I remember uh, that were cut, there was a. What, what happened was, um, uh, and, and still happens, is that they write these um, remarkable scripts that just end up being too long. Um, you have you have a very hard forty three minutes um, of screen time because obviously. They have to have commercials to that's how this that's how this business works. Mm-hmm. You create the content. I mean, I often said that, you know, television is that space in between the commercials. Right. Um, because it's the commercials that basically is kind of motoring all of this. Now, um, really skilled writers are able to kind of do, you know, write in those 43 minutes. But what they did is um, they wrote a couple of episodes that were uh, almost 22 uh, minutes over, um, which is what um, that's almost an entire <laughs> half another episode and they actually even explored with the network about doing a second half episode um but they couldn't because of what was going on i guess with with dangerous housewives and you know pro- getting time and stuff um that said um uh a bunch of storylines hit the floor um for all of us and and sometimes still do because of um again they they write more than they need and then they basically you know have to sort of distill it all down mm-hmm. um, what what some of those scenes were were about me counseling David uh, with his love life and, and with what was going on with him and the emerging romance that was happening with uh, he and um, uh, you know the Snow White character and 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 I and I um, uh, there's uh, there were some other scenes I think with possible flirtations with uh, with Ruby um, and uh, there were some other scenes with Pongo and I and. Um, and, uh, and, and Jennifer Morrison, um, there, there, there was this sort of, uh, sort of B or C storyline that we kind of, I guess, lost. And then some Jiminy sort of CGI stuff, I guess, that also got, yeah. uh, lost. And, and again, you know, I, I, uh, there are so many, uh, things that they, I mean, and everyone says this in post-production, um, both, in, you know, uh, that there's so much, there's so much good stuff and it's very hard to get it down sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um. I was sad about it, of course. Um, they called and said, look, we're so sorry. Um, but, you know, there's just no, there's no way to, um, uh, you know, make it work. And I said, I get it, I get it, I get it, of course. Um, I had heard that they were going to put them back in the DVDs, so I guess they didn't make it. But um, that said, you know, I guess it just leaves room for, for more to come. Right. Well, I would like to know who, who your favorite person to work with on set is. Oh, gee whiz. I, I wouldn't <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't want anyone to feel left out but I think, <laughs> well if you yeah. can pick a few maybe does that yeah. make it better yeah no i mean look um uh you know um josh and i, I love josh josh and i've gone skiing together um i love jenny um you know um uh tony amandola who plays uh, geppetto mm-hmm. uh, someone that i've known for 25 years um because he and i've done a lot of theater together yeah. um you know, I, I um, of course, uh, love and admire uh, Jennifer Morrison. Um, I love Jared, who plays Henry. He and I, you know, um, I have a, a genuine connection. I, I, I'm such a sweet kid. And, and it's been really wonderful to watch him grow up. I know his sister and his mom and his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, he's got a twin, by the way. Taylor. 
she doesn't actually look, they don't look exactly like they're not identical, they're fraternal, I guess. Um, but um, uh, So Taylor uh, lives in San Diego with her dad and they fly back and forth. Um, but uh, we all went to Disneyland together, which was fun. Awesome. Um, and, um, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, some of my favorite days are actually the days when the whole bunch of us are together, when all the seven dwarves are there and, <laughs> and, and then, um, you know, when they basically get that kind of that core group of us and like, I, I think it was in the first episode this year when we all got together on the street and we all walked together and, um, to supper. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so it's so sweet to have the kind of all of us together, you know, it's sort of like the, nice. the core group, um, uh, that's what's, that's in a way it feels like it's sort of begun to feel a little bit like family. Hmm. Cool. That's great. It sounds like some of your, some of your relationships on the show are mirrored in real life a little bit. Yeah. I mean, uh, a, a little bit. I mean, there's a, um, you know, we shoot in Vancouver and, uh, many of us are displaced up there. Uh, some people live up there. I mean, like Megan, uh, was already living up there and, um, um, who else? Some of the some of the dwarves and Granny, uh, who I love by the way. I didn't mention her too, Beverly. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, um, you know, some some of them uh, are Canadian and live up there. But many of us were displaced. At least initially, um, we were kind of each other's company. You know, so we would go and hang out together. Um, Jennifer Morrison for a time was renting a screening room, and we'd go and watch movies on the weekend and have popcorn and, um, and hang out together. It was fun. It was, we were kind of each other's entertainment, um, uh, you know, on the weekends. Cause you know, you, you are, you are sort of on location as it were and displaced, uh, from home. I love Vancouver. I'm crazy about it. It's a wonderful city and I'm so happy we're shooting there. Um, for many reasons, not the least of which is of course that you've got that incredible rainforest and all those vistas and mm. stuff that gives it such a rich, rich visual, um, uh, texture to it, and it's really right for the show. Um, I mean, that or New, Zeal- New Zealand, I guess, would be the two places <laughs> that best for this. But but that said, um, we have been, and uh, you know, a lot of each other's entertainment. Um, you know, when I was last there, um, Colin, um, who plays Hook, great guy, um, and um, we hung out a bit. And um, so, you know, we kind of um, uh, oftentimes go out for dinner, you know. Uh, and, and, and get to know each other's lives and stories and backgrounds. And, and, and it does add a richness then to kind of when you get back on the set, you just have that much more, um, uh, you know, as a part of what you're in your relationship. And as you're sort of growing on the page, as these characters grow, then you as people also then, you know, have that. It just, it's like a big, wonderful soup that gets to hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, just get richer and tastier as yes. it goes. Now, I, I looked at your IMDb page, and you have a lot more performances than I'd ever realized. I knew about your extensive video game voiceover work, and you were in shows that I didn't realize you were in. Um, but looking at all of your performances, which performance out of everything you've ever done, what are you most proud of? And this came from uh, Tim, or also known as August W. Booth. <laughs> ah, where did you get that name from? <laughs> um, uh, I, um, gee whiz, you know, I mean, look, I, I, it, it's, it's really hard to say which one I'm proudest of. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I mean, I can certainly say that I'm, I'm incredibly proud to be a part of, uh, once upon a time. That's easy. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm, um, I mean, to be in a show that has so much reach and depth and breadth um, as it does is, is, is wonderful. I've loved the Mass Effect thing, all of it, all three of them, and, and, and where it's taken us and, and kind of this incredible, passionate audience. Uh, that's a voiceover uh, thing for some people who don't know. It's a video game that has a, uh, an incredible fan base, um, and I've had just wonderful interactions with fans um, uh, there. You know, I... Um, some of maybe my, my most favorite things are in the theater. Um, uh, some of the plays that I've done um, on Broadway or, or even uh, elsewhere around the country um, have been things that I'm, I'm very proud of and, and that I, I, you know, I, I probably enjoy, uh, I have enjoyed immensely and I look forward to going back to the theater. Um, but, you know, I mean, I've been an actor now for, what, 40, 44 years, I guess. Mm. And, um, uh, it's, it's a lot it's a lot. I mean, I, I, um, um, I'm, I'm just so grateful that I've been able to create a career as a working actor and be able to, that, that I keep being able to find work and, and have interesting encounters and, and, um, meet new people. And, and, um, and, uh, you know, you just never kind of know what's next. Um, but it's been quite uh, amazing, uh, that it's, there's been sort of a, you know, now decades of it. <laughs> Here is another interesting question from Tim, a.k.a. August W. Booth. And he wants to know, would you want Archie to get a love interest? And if so, um, one of the existing characters or another uh, fairy tale character? Tim, thank you for the question. So there's a, I get so many uh, uh, questions about this Archie's love relationship. <laughs> um, and so I, I think it's um, appropriate to ask. And I think a lot of people have asked, you know, um, about Ruby, um, and, uh, um, uh, and about other people. And, and I think there's a desire to kind of want to see where he's, um, going to go in that regard. I, I, um, you know, uh, initially when people started asking me about Ruby, of course, I always blushed, you know, <laughs> is a delight. And, and, uh, uh, she's, uh, not the least of which a stunningly beautiful woman and, um, and, uh, and just a wonderful person, you know, so, um, I love working with her. Um, and, um, I, what I can say is that, um, I have no idea where this would go. I mean, what I, what I can say is that, um, they haven't really communicated me to me yet what that direction is. Um, being as that I'm an actor and not the writer, um, uh, or writers or, or conceivers of this, what I would probably say is to those of you who feel passionately about this, to um, reach out to them, that is vis-a-vis blogs and or, you know, you know, um, or however way in which you maybe want to communicate with um, Eddie and Adam or the other writers and let them know kind of what your ideas are. I know they read them. I, I really know they do. And I have some ideas. Um, I have some thoughts about it. In a way, I sort of feel like I, uh, it's, 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 it's sort of out of my hands in that I don't know where they will take it, but I but I do feel like it's um, uh, there's a huge possibility there in terms of opening up uh, sort of a conversation. I'd be curious to see it. I mean, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd love to know what that what that what that backstory is. You know, we we know that Archie has been you know in therapy now with 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 Henry and with the Queen and with Rumpelstiltskin and with you know with David and and has given you know guidance and counseling to to you know uh, uh, I'm calling by the real names Ginny and Jennifer and so <clears throat> we know that there's um, uh, he's been there for people and, and, and attempted to really support their journey 
Um, we don't know a lot about his personal life. Uh, we know he's got a dog. And we know that he's got this wonderful office. Um, I love that set. And, um, and we know that, um, you know, um, he has this sort of backstory with his parents. But it would be interesting to sort of find out, and, and I think it's sort of uh, as yet undiscovered country, what his life is in Storybrooke. And, and again, um, you know, outside of the office, as it were. Mm. I'm, 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 um, I'm uh, curious and excited to see when that, uh, when that gets to be explored. I mean, I, I know that this year, and this was one thing that they communicated to us at the top of the year, was, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that they were going to bring in a lot of new characters this year. And, um, and in point in fact, um, gee whiz, they have. Um, <laughs> and they did something very similar, I guess, on Lost, where they brought in a lot of new characters in the second season. And um, what, uh, what has happened is that some of us have then been more on the periphery, um, including Archie, is a little bit more on the periphery this year. And, you know, um, that said, it seems um, that there is that core group of folks that everyone kind of connected to initially with the show, and, and that will remain. Um, so um, they, I'm not dead. I'm on the show. <laughs> right? Because then it would be, <laughs> it would be redundant. Um, um, but what, they, but the, what, they, what they're going to get to do is sort of figure out um, where um, – you know, where, where these new, new sort of second wave of backstories begins to kind of really uh, open up. And, and I'll be interested to see where that goes. So I'm curious, do you do any impressions of any of the other characters on the show? Uh, I don't. I, there are people that <laughs> do find that there does it. I think Lee does some impressions. I think, uh, who else does some impressions? God, I'm sure as you, I mean, I'm your first I guess you said in the cast, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not that guy, unfortunately. I always just look like a jerk. <laughs> like, what is he doing? So I'm not myself, but, but I, but, um, but thank you for the question. <laughs> now, I, I, we've got uh, just a couple more minutes left here. And Brian asked a question that leads into uh, talking about some of your other work. He asked, while not filming once upon a time, what do you usually do? with your free time. And I'd love for you to tell us about the charity work and this new production that you're working on. Oh, thanks for that. Yeah. Um, so when I'm not working on what's my time, I'm actually leaving on Monday to go back up, um, to do some more, but, um, uh, I am, um, uh, I mean, I'm doing other work as an actor. I'm just did a criminal minds. I just, uh, I'm on a new David Kelly show called Monday mornings. That's going to be out in February. I just did another show, uh, called um oh good wife you know that and obviously more mass effect stuff uh that's me as an actor um and um and you know there's there's um um lots of other wonderful opportunities that keep coming which is great um as a as a sort of a person of the world what i've done is um uh i, I started a nonprofit, which is an environmental nonprofit, and uh, it's called green wish um and i'll give you just sort of a quick thing on it if anyone's interested um you know you can go to the website which is greenwish.com and there's more information there but greenwish is essentially um, a nonprofit that raises money for other nonprofits. and the idea is that it go it works within a community um a board is identified who then finds other nonprofits that are across the kind of sustainable spectrum that's earth air water sustainability education that's happening in the community and then um, works with retailers and or uh, concerned people and then takes that money and puts it right back into the community. So it's local and it's green 
And it then becomes, it's sort of like an open source charitable giving concept. So it's morphing into cities all over the country. It's in LA, we're opening, we're in Kansas, we're opening in Chicago, in Missouri, in Orange County, um, in other areas, Northern California. We're actually also now going internationally uh, into Istanbul and then to Sri Lanka. Um, And so again, um, the money is raised um, through businesses in that community and then put back into that community to kind of really make a difference, you know, to help green organizations in your neighborhood. That's the logo that really attends, um, uh, you know, Greenwish. So that's Greenwish. There's lots more to say. Uh, people who are interested or, or interested even in sort of finding out more about starting a Greenwish chapter can, you know, go online and, and um, uh, you know, we'll be in touch with you um, about that. Um, but that said, um, out of that, um, what I've done is also then moved into producing a, a show with Ed Begley Jr. Ed Begley is an actor, of course, but he's also very much kind of a, a concerned environmentalist and has been for a long time. And um, he is uh, 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 building a uh, platinum lead certified home, which means it's a, a sustainable home that actually generates power as opposed to actually getting an electricity bill. Um He's got, um, you know, this uh, huge project, and what we're doing is we're filming it. And PBS um, in California has expressed great interest, so we're preparing uh, for that. We also have a web series that we put together, and it's called On Bagley Street. Um, so you can find out more about that at onbagleystreet.com, or, of course, if you follow me on Twitter um, or Facebook, um, I regularly make announcements or do updates about it. But it's um, I'm executive producer on it, and I directed the web series um, and it, and that and the nonprofit and, um, and as well, I teach and I coach actors, um, uh, keeps me rather busy and, and being a dad is, uh, also, um, when I, you know, my favorite job. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And we'll have those links that you mentioned in our show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 77. Well, Raphael Sabarge, Jiminy Cricket, <laughs> Dr. Archie Hopper, or as Regina calls you bug. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for this time. We have really enjoyed it. I wish we had so much more time to ask you so many questions, but we've really enjoyed this. Our fans have enjoyed this. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, everyone. I see, I see things from countries all over the world, and I, I, I'm very touched by the questions, and, and, and um, I wish you the very best. And um, uh, I'd be more than happy to do this again you know, down the line. And, and um, thank you to your fans, and, and uh, keep watching the show. I, I think uh, lots more to come. Awesome. Thank you so much, Raphael. We, we really appreciate this. Thanks. It was a lot of fun. All right. Take <laughs> care. Be well. Wow. That was totally awesome. Right. That was great. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> so incredible. And we'll have all of these links that he mentioned and the list of the questions that he was able to answer in the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash 73 he is an amazing guy a great guy and uh he said he's a dad too which is his favorite job and i wonder what it would be like to be his kid uh because here <laughs> i hear he's someone else's conscience and here he's you know teaching his kid how to have a conscience too uh but that was totally awesome. You guys can follow Rafael Sabarge on Twitter, and it's very simple. Just his Twitter name is Rafael Sabarge. That's R A P H A E L S B A R G E. And we'll have that link also in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 77. Wow, this has been fantastic. I'm like a few feet off the ground right now. <laughs> 
But uh, this has been great. Listeners, we uh, hope you've enjoyed it. We know you've enjoyed this. We enjoyed this a lot. So please check out the show notes and retweet this episode. Let other people know. Encourage them to listen to Once Podcast and all of that. And you can go to, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, you can go to oncepodcast.com to subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Once Podcast. And you can follow each of us individually on Twitter. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And I'm Jenny, and you can follow me at Twitter.com slash Jenny Snook. So until next time, have a happy ever after. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our sponsors for this week's episode of Once Podcast. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor.